Welcome to the podcast, the destination for insightful discussions and interviews on the appreciation, conservation, and husbandry of reptiles with a focus on turtles and tortoises. Now, let's join our team of turtle nerds. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are here tonight. Uh, Sans, Sans Chris Leone. Is it Sans or Sans? I'd say Sans. Okay. He's not here, um, but we are. Thank you for hanging in there with us. We had some technical difficulties. I actually ripped the wire in half that comes into my house um, with internet, and they're telling me that I'm paused right now. Terrific. But you can hear me, though, right? So that's okay. I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, as long as you can hear me, that's fine. You stare at the beautiful photo of me looking very concerned and stern uh, as well. Mugshot. Um, yeah, so welcome. This is this is an audio show. Okay, let's not forget that. Um, so we're here with Kevin Minto. Say hi, Kev. Hey, guys and girls, Kev, everybody. Kev, you missed the last show, right? I'm not forgetting that. I'm not, uh, I'm... One of the last ones. I don't know if it was the last one or the one prior. Okay, well, he missed one of the recent shows, so he's here. So all you ladies who were concerned that maybe Kev wouldn't be here, he's here okay. uh, tonight. So we're really excited I'm about sorry. that. And uh, Steve is uh, paying no attention to the man behind the curtain. Steve is here with us as well. And uh, without further ado, uh, our esteemed guest and somebody who we're really, 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 really excited to talk to tonight is, is our guest, Mr. Charlie Moorcroft. So welcome, Charlie. Hi, guys. Oh, I've got a cool pause going on. Look at that. Can you see that? Yeah, man. That's Sorry. awesome. That's your kid just did something wrong, face. It is. Yeah. It looks like like all distorted, like computer. Can you see that? Like digital. It looks like digital art of some kind. No? Little, little furrowed brow. That might okay. be the pixelation from your internet connection. Are you, yeah, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. No, it's, it's not even pixelation. It's something crazy cool. Someone else sees it. You know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then you think I'm crazy. Fine, too. That's okay. You're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, so we're excited to talk to Charlie tonight. Um, hopefully the audio version of this works out okay. But uh, Charlie, you are like, I don't even know what. You're like one of those up-and-comers in this world. You've been around the animal world for a really long time, really well-respected, really, really well-respected, um, but kind of have been like uh, really uh, hot topic of conversation in recent months and in like the past year. So not to, you know, talk about something that you obviously probably don't want to or anything because you're super modest, but what's it like to be everyone's favorite person to email now out of the blue? I don't think I'm any different. Uh, nothing's changed for me. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm any different at all. And I wouldn't say I get any more attention or emails or anything. That's um, a lie. My life's the same, really. It is. It's the same. That's a lie. I, I still rely on you. I still live my life. Nothing's really different. Um, it, uh, I so keep fun. seeing you on the other YouTube channels, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny all because right. I'm going to turn my video off. Okay, let's see how this works. Um, all right, well, eventually I will. So it's so funny because, like, you and I have been really close friends for a long time. and. Like I would, I'll talk to people all the time about like, 
who my people are. Like Kevin Pollack is somebody who's a really close friend of mine, but people don't know. You were like that for a long time. It was like, oh yeah, my friend Charlie, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, now I have people that I don't even know, like, oh man, have you seen this guy, Charlie Moorcross place? It's really cool. It's really funny now, like how that's changed in the last year. I don't know. It, I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, I'll, let's, let's back up a little bit. You were supposed to be the one that came down and filmed first and obviously COVID made that not possible. And um, I, I get along with you so well. I'm so comfortable with you. That's actually why I would even do this show. Um, I don't really like videos. I don't like how I sound, any of that stuff. Um, at work, I'm a horse trainer by nature and pretty confident, pretty direct, very comfortable in my own skin at work. Um, but to take on this project was something that was very different. And it was important to me that to kind of get it out there, I went with someone I knew and you were obviously the first choice. When that didn't happen, because your wife was smarter than maybe you and I at that moment, um, Greg seemed to be the next obvious um, person to go to. I really like how he produced things. Uh, you know, he's a videographer by nature. Um, so it just was a natural choice to get him to come down and look around. Um, I kind of baited him a little bit. I sent him clips and photos and, you know, kind of wasn't a stalker, but pretty close. And then he came down and put together what I thought was a really great video. And that really is what did it. Um, the place is a, a combination of friends, um, you know, and years of experience and things I've learned from either forums or more recently Facebook, now that forums are kind of gone, um, traveling to Ralph Tills, Mark McCarthy, you know, people, people that are doing it longer and doing it better. I wanted, I wanted to, you know, and you certainly take it and do what you guys did and kind of follow your lead, but definitely make it my own. If that makes any sense. I think it makes it, it doesn't just make a little sense. Like it makes all the sense in the world. I think that's so cool. Um, I think most people would probably say, you know, they've taken a little bit from the people who have kind of mentored them or, or have, have been there right with them, like along the way, like I can look in my setup and I see a little bit of Kevin Minto. I see a little bit of Charlie. I see a little bit of Bill McCord. I see a little bit of Steve Enders. I see a little bit of a lot of different people in there, depending on like what angle I'm looking at it at a given time. So when I've heard you say that in the past, it's really like spoken to me a lot. So I think that's really cool. It, it, it I'll back up a little bit again. My training job with horses is pretty intense. We have a, we live in Wellington, Florida. It's the winter equestrian capital of the world. Uh, during the winter months when the weather here is perfect, so many people come from all over the country and even all over the world to compete. Really turned upside down. And then in the summer, things get a little bit slower. Um, and as I've gotten a little bit older and accomplished a lot of my goals in the equestrian field, I wanted to do something different and give back. I, I love educating. Um, I was raised as a kid to be an educator. My mother was a teacher. We were, we were taught to give back, to educate, to get involved, um, that children are future. That sounds so cliche, but it, but it really is. So I wanted to, as I was experiencing a little bit of uh, fatigue and burnout in the horse world, I wanted to go crazy and the kind of captive wildlife conservation, preservation 
um, direction. And I remember calling you having conversation that I was going to buy this thing called Line Country Safari, which is a safari park that you drove through. And I remember talking to you and we <clears throat> spent a little bit of time with some people that knew the facility, knew the park. Um, I talked to actually some money people about doing it and realized that that just wasn't an option. I talked to Mark McCarthy very briefly about buying, uh, possibly buying his facility. All that really means is that it came down to we decided to keep staying where we are, living where we are, and using this facility, which is our private house, to do as best we can with the animals and their care, use this collection, which you and so many others have helped me acquire, um, and use it to get people's feet wet, get them through the doors. Um, you know, it's not a public facility. There's no admission. There's nothing like that. It's really just a conversation and to get them in, looking around, holding different endangered animals, um, and leave here asking more questions of their parents wanting to go to really better facilities like the Bush Wildlife, the McCarthy's. There's so many great ones around. Um, and then also raising money to fund organizations that we like and trust like you guys. Um, we've raised a pretty good amount of money and we've given away a pretty good amount of money. And some people have written to us to ask for some financial support. Other people I've kind of Googled and searched and really done some homework, making sure that they were, you know, something that we can stand behind. So it's become, um, you know, a cool foundation, a cool, uh, you know, kiddie pool to dip your toe in the world of conservation. Um, it's become really cool for amazing keepers that are more experienced than me to come and see animals that they've never seen, uh, and talk about it. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something I'm really enjoying doing. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you know, awesome. You have a different approach to things too, Charlie, as well, which I, I think, in my mind, you and Ralph are the people that really stand out to me. Ralph Till as people who, in in terms of just the keeping, like like if we're if we're taking like the the extracurriculars like your your foundation out of it and just just you as a keeper you have a philosophy that a lot of people don't which is like smaller animals less animals but do it the right way which i think gets lost a little bit because if i'm being totally fair i think a, there's a big movement in like reptile keeping in general with animal welfare, which is so important, right? We all have to think about just what we're doing for the animals. Are they having their best life? You know, is this the best species for my climate? Like that sort of thing. And like take the ego and like the, the Pokemon mentality of, of wanting to catch them and keep them all, um, taking that out of it. Um, and I think there are a lot of people on the like snake side and the lizard side and the gecko side and all that who, who really advocate for that because they're advocating a, against like snake racks and things that are really popular in herpeticulture. Um, on the turtle side, it's there's a there's a real pressure to hatch what you can hatch because turtles are are being exploited from the wild and there's not enough of them to go around and any turtle that you can hatch in theory is less pressure on the wild population, right? Um, so there's not a lot sure. of people who are really advocating, like keeping less, doing it the right way, keeping animals separately, like things like that. And that's something that I think in my mind, people have been really impressed with you for because they see your facility, they see what you put into it and how beautiful and spacious and clean everything is. Um, so 
I guess that's not a question, but more just like kudos uh, to you. You've created something really beautiful that a lot of people can really try to emulate. Well, thanks. <clears throat> uh, it's a work in progress. I, I like it. It's, it's a little bit my sanctuary also. Um, I like the smaller species. I like the stories that go with them. Um, and I also kind of read people and, and what they're interested in. I know you're going to beat me up for this, but I did have some Pixis. And uh, <clears throat> I sent them to Ralph, who I thought would do a better job with them. And he sent me some pancake tortoises. And if you were to look at dollars and cents, that didn't really make any sense. But for Ralph and for me, it wasn't really about that. It was about kind of the flow of my story and, and what we were doing. And, uh, you know, Pixis got in my head and intimidated me a little bit. Um, and honestly, some of the people that came in off the street, not off the street, they're friends and customers and clients and extended families. Um, they would look at, for instance, a Florida box turtle and see that. And then I would go, okay, and this is from Madagascar. This is spider tortoise. And they'll say, oh, it looks like a Florida box turtle. So I'm like, okay, Ralph, here you go. Um, the pancake tortoises are just interesting to me. So I think Russ really touched on that on a program I listened to when he said, you know, kind of keep it small, keep it interesting, do what you can do with as many as you can. It, animals of one species not get so spread. Um, and, and for sure, Ralph has helped me with that and a lot of other keepers. Um, so that's kind of made it a little bit easier to listen to my gut and take care of what I really know I can do well and what I enjoy and not get caught up in the, the value of the animals. And, you know, I've had unsolicited advice about every cage is real estate and you could probably do X, Y, and Z and make more money, but it really, it really isn't about that. You know, it's about the story and about, um, representing as many different species that I can do well, um, and not just going with numbers. Yeah. As your organization grows, right. Do you, do you plan to expand and actually maybe have like a team of people that are taking care of the animals that are helping you? Well, what's interesting, we have a board, um, and I don't consider this, I say facility, but it's really our house. I don't necessarily consider that the foundation as a destination. I think the foundation is more just a, an idea. Um, you know, it's a definitely a group, it's an organization, but it's not a facility. And we are getting into a little bit more of the equestrian world. We've given some money to the wild horses, which are starting to get more heavily exploited, um, some rare breeds. We'd like to uh, increase the board really slowly and carefully and and branch out. You know, if another person on the board has a, a farm and has some extra room and wants to add some uh, livestock that need attention also, I'd like to look at that. So it's it's not, it doesn't kind of start and end in this room or at this yard. It's larger than that. And it's really, um, you know, it can be as big as anyone wants it to be. Yeah. But it, it, again, it was supposed to be, um, you know, a big facility and a big thing and a public thing. And, you know, that's already being done here. And I thought I could do it differently. With We have added, I know I talked, we, we did add, Three rescue skunks, which are not uh, conservation animals at all or preservation. They're true stories, ambassadors about care. Uh, two were fired from their jobs when COVID hit. And another one just, you know, is a reminder that skunks don't always make great pets. Um, you know, so there's other species here as well that are just part of the story. You know, if you wanted an exotic animal, here's how I would recommend doing it. Um, you know, so it, it's larger than just this room. Yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. One thing that I always thought was fascinating is, and a lot with the conservation, like you're just saying, is like, do you think this would be a great exotic animal for you? But like when you're walking through your yard and a lot of turtles, they are very, very exotic animals. You know, they're, they're not something you're going to see around here at all. Uh, so do you think anyone would get kind of like confused with that message? Like, hey, these are not the greatest things, but I have so many of them. As far as, I'm not sure I follow. So like if you're, if you're having visitors to the house, right? Yeah. And yeah, you're yeah. saying with the teaching aspect, you know, part of this is like, hey, if you're looking for an exotic animal, maybe they're not the best pets kind of thing. But you have so many of them at the place. You know, yeah, it's a con- it, it's it's a complicated story, you know, because I'll say mm-hmm. these little mud turtles, for instance, which this is an Everglades locale and that these make great pets. And, you know, they might look at me sideways like, well, this is conservation. Well, obviously, keeping turtles that are not endangered, that make great pets isn't a problem. I mean, we yeah. would all want to do that. Um, and I use those as, as examples versus maybe sulcatas or versus, you know, red sliders or things that get too big and mm-hmm. smell and, you know, don't really make any sense. And now we're illegal here. Um, so it's all part of the story, you know, and, 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 uh, know maybe what direction you would talk to a certain age group and you know I get a vibe right away when people come in if this is a they want to just whip through and go hold skunks or if they want to mm-hmm. really understand countries continents climates um, yeah. why we wash our hands so much in between so you you uh, one thing I've learned is to kind of read and try and give them what what they're looking for and then kind of jam my story in the cracks as much as possible okay awesome and can you take us through, like, just essentially your earlier story? Like, how did you get started in this, essentially? Because a lot of people may not know you're from Connecticut originally, right? I'm definitely from Connecticut. And yes. you guys are still sucking it up up there. Anyway, <laughs> I luckily got out of Connecticut. Uh, I've been in South Florida for about 15 years and lived all over the country. Um, I grew up normal family, uh, lots of kids, Catholic school upbringing, pretty structured, pretty tough, great parents, but pretty tough. Um, and we were not allowed to have animals in the house. So it was outdoor rabbits, chickens, uh, I'd goats. We had a tiny piece of property, but adjacent to it was a neighbor who was kind enough, uh, basically said, if you join 4-H or if you join different organizations, then you, you know, can house some of your animals here and help, you know, trade off some labor. So that, that was a real, um, great experience. When we would vacation, it always involved a lake or a river or brooks. Uh, we would go get a cottage. I remember going to Vermont. I'd tell people. And instead of fishing, I dug up on the beach and found some snapping turtle eggs, which I promptly brought home to Connecticut and dried them out in the basement with no water. <laughs> and then learned the next time I went to Vermont that I could find more and use them. I went to the library, rode my bike, and learned how to do that better. Learned how to hatch them. So so, of course, I Vermont snapping turtles and released them in Connecticut into the Connecticut River, actually, not knowing any different. Um, so there was always that, you know, in a canoe looking for painted turtles, uh, you know, outdoors working with animals. And then, you know, a little bit of college, lots of traveling. The equestrian world is really a challenge to have animals that require any type of routine. You know, you live like gypsies, you live on the road. I've lived all over the country, East Coast mostly. Um, and not until I moved to Florida where you literally can put a spider plant outside and it lives forever. 
um, and you realize what can live here and you, you know, stumble upon people like the Fred Grunwalds of the world and, and others that have amazing collections and have been doing it for so long. And you just kind of have so many more options. So I thought I would just slowly uh, went on the forum and I met Anthony and met a couple of local people with cherry heads. And I did a lot of research and realized that cherry heads would probably be the best thing for me at that point and just started slow with those. And it just kind of snowballed and escalated since then. So yeah. it, it's been so easy to do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a decent job. Um, you know, people like, oh, you have a lot of money. I don't really, I, I just work really, really hard and I don't have any help. You know, I keep it clean myself. I'm, I get up early. I step late. I like doing it. I'll put you know, a podcast on or YouTube and just kind of do my thing in this room. Mm-hmm. So I, I clean it a lot before someone comes, but it's not always like that. You know, the animals yeah. are cared for, but, but the, you know, you get it ready for visitors. So sure, when not. Greg came to, when Greg came to film, I was crazy, you know, like washing glass and, you know, all that stuff. And <laughs> we wanted to, it to, you know, translate really yeah. well into video. Of course. So. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, how much, how much time do you think you spend a week like maintaining your facility there? I'd say an hour in the morning, hour. And then, you know, if someone's really coming, but I don't, I don't know how much time, I mean, I kind of just putter around You know, I do sure. water changes with fish tanks or repot plants or, you know, change substrate. So I, I do it. It's a, it's a little bit therapeutic. So I don't really know. I don't really clock in or clock out the actual care. If I'm in a hurry and if there's a horse show starting it, you know, if I have to be on a, an animal that I need to ride at seven in the morning, I know I can crunch it out in 20 minutes in the morning. Um, sure. and then catch it up later. But, uh, you know, I put as much time into it as I can because I like it. Okay. Awesome. Is there, do you have a favorite animal in there? Like that you personally find that you're watching more often than others? <clears throat> it changes. It, I would say, yeah, for sure. I think you're drawn to different things at different times for different reasons. It's kind of a non-answer. Um, I have this ridiculous looking cherry head named Martha. And when I first had the pleasure to meet her, she was living at a friend's house. And I kept looking at her thinking, that's just the craziest looking thing. And finally, that person said to me, "Um, I know you want to do foundation. I'm going to give you Martha. Um, You know, she's going to be the one when the hurricanes come. She's going to be the first one in your car. And sure enough, I drove a mini Cooper at that point. We loaded up. 40 something horses and birds and all these crazy animals. And in the back of my mini Cooper was Martha. And yeah. uh, so she, I think she's always my favorite. She's a lot of people's favorite just because she was found walking down the side of the road. And, you know, South Florida is crazy. It's like a, its own country. It's, it's its own world. And you can find a cherry head walking down the side of the busy road that was treated terribly. I'm sure someone just tried to dump it in a canal. Yeah. Um, so she's, I would say if I had to pick one, you know, if this if this place was on fire, God forbid, and I grab one, it'd probably be her first. But she's outside. So. Sure. Okay. I, don't, I love the Spangler eye. Those are characters. Their eyes, their movement, the prey drive, uh, the ease of care, stuff like that. You know, they're they're my go tos. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, you know, I have a crazy snapping turtle. I figured you'd like that. I have a crazy snapping turtle that Fred Grunwald gave me that. The mother was hit by a car and um, someone opened her up and took the eggs and this one hatched. And I sent a couple to Greg and kept one. And I, I really like that animal. You know, it's no part of conservation, but it's it's a story, you know, and uh, also a good example of what 
pet you probably wouldn't want indoors. And I scared him off. Sorry, guys. I finally shut up so you came back. <laughs> I like, I really like what you're saying, Charlie. Guys, let me know if you can't hear me. Just interrupt me, but I'm out by my pond now. I actually like this a lot better. I'm going to turn my video off uh, from now on and just go and do whatever I want. I could pick my nose. This is like the best thing ever. Uh, you can pick your nose on air. So, I don't care. <clears throat> No, I know. I, I try not to. I try, I'm, I'm not saying I never have. I try not to. But um, Charlie, I love what you're saying about a story, right? We talk about this stuff all the time. I, I, I love Charlie's one of my favorite people in the world to talk to. And um, we have really good talks about this sort of thing. I love the idea of the animals having a story, especially if you're in education, right? Because it's about finding things that are going to pull people in. Um, you know, I think when I, if I look, think back to my most exciting and, and most memorable days in this, in, in this world, I don't like to call it a hobby, but in this world, it was when I was looking for stories or projects that I could like write about. And I was doing my most writing, you know, um, I think for you, you're, lo you're looking at projects that when you have a group of, of young people coming by to see the animals. Like what speaks to them the most. And I think that that's really admirable. And I think like it excites me because I know, I know what that means, you know? So kudos on that. Um, I also wanted to go back to you, you a couple of times said you wanted to take, let's just, let's just backtrack for a second. So if you let me backtrack for a second, sure. you were talking about lion country safari and McCarthy's wildlife center and um, all the uh, kind of thoughts that were going on and the things that we were kicking back and forth and things that you were considering a lot. Um, and I, I'll be honest, when you first started to talk about what you are doing now, I didn't necessarily see the vision clearly until now I've been able to see what you've built. And I mean, everything down to like the white logos, like, like the white shirt with the green logo, like everything has come together in such a way that's so sophisticated it's just you it's it's beautiful it's a perfect representation of who you are and it's so different than what we're used to like i don't know black slipknot t-shirts at the at the reptile show now there's anything wrong with that but it's just a different it's a totally different vibe i'm just a different guy i'm definitely not for everyone but um you know, I'm in a t-shirt. I don't care. I don't wear Crocs. I'll tell you that right now. But um, t-shirt, shorts, I mean, it's all good. You know? <laughs> I wear Crocs. What's wrong with Crocs? That's I know. I, I could tell you wear Crocs. <laughs> it's only thing that fits them, you know? What does that mean? Exactly. I was just excited that Crocs came in my size, so I bought them. I buy anything that comes in my size. <laughs> Cardboard boxes come in your size. And the I love it with fun. Before. We, we, um, you knew this story. We, we kind of did some kind of contest online where you pay a little bit of money and 50 artists kind of work on it and then you kind of give them feedback. So that was, I moved the cord again. Sorry, I'm trying to keep it out of it. Uh, so it was kind of fun. That just kind of happened. Um, I know, Anthony, maybe people don't know this. You, you drew the most amazing spotted turtle. And I still have it. I'm not sure what we're going to do with it, but that didn't end up being the logo. Um, 
you know, just for we just wanted something straight and balanced and whatever. But uh, the logo came out really great. And I, it's Florida. I wear white shirts all the time. You know, it's hot. I have a lot of them. So it's kind of like my uniform. So it was easy just to put a little green logo on that and just go on with it. I do. I'll tell you a funny story about the hats that we did have one of our friends decide to donate hats. So I think she got 300 hats. And on the back, it said more cup conservative foundation. And we didn't know this. <clears throat> so to my friends on the right, to my friends on the left, I'm kind of in the middle. I apologize, but we did give away a lot of hats that said more cup conservative foundation until she saw it and kind of nicely freaked out and was like, did you know there was a typo? No, we didn't even look. So yeah. all these people were walking around these hats. So we've, uh, I know I owe you guys merch, but um, we had to kind of reorder and revamp that. But it, I'll send some stuff out to you guys. That is hilarious. I had no idea. <clears throat> I didn't really be like that around. Oh my yeah. gosh. And of all the terms, too, because, like, and again, not saying either side, it was just like, it's so politically charged. And yeah. it's like the last thing you want to be doing. <laughs> Oh, it's just anything on either side. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like uh, was it when uh, Larry David wore like a MAGA hat, so like no one was sitting near him in a restaurant. And you, oh, you I like that. that. Incredible yeah, enthusiasm. Depending on where you're eating, uh, there's a there's an animal hospital up here called Snowflake Animal Hospital, and it makes, it's in your area actually, Kevin. And it just makes me laugh every time. Like like, obviously they've been there for a while, but it's just like out of nowhere one day because of politics that just became this hugely negative term like and they called they called really angry like yelling at us at one point because of something that happened and it's like we only got a call from snowflake animal hospital again yelling at you about whatever it's like oh my god you can't even make this stuff up it's like could be in a sitcom anyway steve is sneezing in the background nobody can hear it except us they don't know what type of so professionals we are so Charlie, you've already your organization's already like donated a lot of money to a lot of organizations that needed help with everything and just things you wanted to benefit. Uh, has there been one that really stood out to you so far? Like somebody's message, somebody's platform that you really thought was beneficial and would be a good time to talk about as well? I would I, I'd say everyone. I mean, I want to I want to support you guys. We gave a little bit of money, then we're able to give a little bit more. Um, I think it feels good every time, you know. So I wouldn't I wouldn't think there's that one hasn't really come yet. I'm so familiar with you guys. So it's hard for me to say like, that was the best feeling to give money to you. Yeah. Um, but I think that moment will come and that will be kind of a great story down the road. I'd like people to apply, you know, whether it's, uh, I'm, I'm huge about education and kids. Uh, I'd like people to come to us with ideas and, you know, say, here's what I'm thinking. I'd like to you know, travel or do whatever, or help out or start this pro program. Um, I think that's awesome. I love listening to Anthony when he talks about schools and, and having schools, high schools or whatever age, setting up animal care uh, as part of their programs. I think that's awesome. So I think I think more of that will come. But um, now, you look at organizations and you and you look at bank account and there's 37 million in there. You know, it's a no for us. We're not going to give money to that. Unless, yeah. you know, they're spending 38 million, uh, which usually they're not. So there's nothing wrong with having an endowment. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. But, uh, um, 
you know, and the other thing we wanted to do was not have a lot of administrative fees. The money we bring in does not um, get used to, we don't spend it on keeping these animals. I, I do that. Um, if people want to, you know, here's 20 bucks or whatever for whatever, I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take it. But but that's not the point. You know, people don't come here to fund what we have here. This is my collection. I would be doing this anyway. Um, I really want to, this is a conversation piece. And then the money part is a little bit separate, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, you can, sh you can show people like your personal interest with this. Uh, and then it leads into like what you want to do on a grander scale with other organizations. Yeah. Yesterday I had friends visit and they brought another friend with a macaw actually that needed a home. So another friend came and picked up the macaw, but uh, the girl that owned the macaw, which was in really bad shape and needed to go to a new spot, not their fault. They got it that way. The girl went home and told her mother that she wanted to grow up and have everything I had. Like, I want to have those animals and I want to, you know, I give her a hat and she didn't take the hat off all night. So yeah. to me, that's really cool. And that girl actually volunteers at Bush Wildlife already and is really involved. Um, and her mother does children's books. So there's some conversation there to maybe get into, you know, having one of the animals here star in a book or something, which would be cool. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. A... How old was this girl? I would say she was 9, 10, 11. Okay. That range. That's what I was thinking younger at first. And then you were saying volunteering at Bush Wildlife. Like, okay, how? Then I was thinking. She's two. Teens. <laughs> that's, that's really awesome. <laughs> very, well, I, very I like that. I mean, you guys, you I guys know Chris exactly. isn't here, but you guys, you guys each have two daughters. So really, I, I, want, I want the world to be a better place for the, not just the animals, but for them also. And I want there to be yeah. programs for them. I want when they watch this program that we're doing right now in five years, if they're interested, um, you know, that they got something out of it. So it was important to me to kind of bring a different perspective and, you know, touch on education and, and the journey that little kids coming through here, you know, when they get peed on by a turtle, I'm like, oh, well, who cares? If that was getting in someone's mouth, they'd probably pee so you wouldn't eat them. And there's a sink right over there. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, fine. You know, it, it's just interesting to watch children change. And and that's what I like about the horses. I don't know if I touched on that. Um, I, I want to win every class we go in. I'm definitely a competitor, but equally as important, I want riders that become better humans through the sport of riding with education, you know, not conservation, um, tradition and responsibility and, you know, overcoming fear and personal struggles and and teamwork um the the way we choose to do our sport is a little bit different um and i also start riders way younger than most people would most people would never want to do what i do um we also work out of a facility that has a 15 acre man-made they call it a lake but it's really a pond you know florida as everyone knows people say it's a, a swamp i think of it as a sandbar and they took out 15 acres worth of material and built up a neighborhood so uh they put a riding track around it and in that are alligators birds all sorts of cool stuff so we'll ride out oftentimes because the kids are sick of staying in a ring and i'm sick of looking at them in the ring and we'll talk about you know birds turtles uh alligators you know family units and alligators versus turtles the crows eating the turtle eggs so there's so many stories there that the kids can learn and experience and just think out of the box so yeah yeah, know. you send us sure videos all the track. time. No, the show is always off track. It doesn't matter. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah. 
you always send us videos of like when you're out riding horses with the kids, like a big flutter saw shell running across or the, you know, the, the alligator popping out. And that's, it's amazing that you get to just see that on a day, day by day basis, let alone talk about it with your, you know, your clientele. Yeah, I'm so fortunate to live where we do and be around so many cool people. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that aren't so cool down here and doing crazy things with millions of views on YouTube. Uh, but, you know, I choose to hang with the people I like and respect and and just kind of make a slow, small difference. And uh, it's sad to me that when you look at some of those YouTuber guys, you know, the, the crazy volume of interest and views and money that just goes, you know, to them for really no reason. When a lot of it, as we know, is staged and fake and it's all hype. Um, and then you have friends, you know, that are really doing an amazing job that it's just not interesting to the younger generation. So I'm aware of that and I'm trying to make what I do interesting to them without any of the hype and nonsense and nothing is staged. Yeah. So I don't think it's uh, fair. To, I don't think it's fair to call Greg staged and all hype, you know, like Greg's a good I'm guy. You calling don't Greg, I'm not calling Greg staged. Dude, just, Greg's totally I'm staged. Just... <laughs> My favorite part of oh, Greg God, when, when you watch his videos and he releases them and he'll take a photo, he'll release it. I think it's great. You know, he catches them, tells you kind of how they want to live. A lot of the habitats here. I'm worried that I want to do it as well. Uh, he gave me a little turtle that was produced at his house and I want to make sure I do it as well. You know, I might end up giving it back if I don't think I can do it as well as I think, um, you know, he would want it. So I have I just no issue with Greg and a lot of those guys. About. Don't, don't bust on Greg. No, no. I like, I like that Greg's actually talking about, uh, like he's saying things that are actually factual. Like there's so many times where I'm watching turtle related videos and I'm like, Oh gosh, like there's at least like, uh, there has to at least be three eye rolls per video, unless it's Chris or Greg. And I don't mean to be rude to anybody else, but that's just kind of how I feel. No offense, there's Kenan and Dan and others. Like Chris and Greg are the best at that. I'm not saying anything negative about anyone else. Um, so I was just joking. But um, can I mention, Charlie? So today you hatched your first your first spot of turtles. So, today right? was a busy day. Today was today yeah. was a little crazy. Today and I, I'm gonna, had to, go ahead. What you also don't know about me is um, I have a huge phobia of the dentist, and I had a dental appointment. They had to gas me. They gassed me so much. I can't even feel my feet or hands, which I love. And honestly, what got me through it was, uh, oh, the only thing worse than my day at the dentist is not being good enough on the podcast tonight. So this program actually got me through the dentist beautifully. And I did come home. Uh, to a uh, pancake tortoise laying an egg, which is great. First time for me. Two spotted turtles had hatched this morning. <clears throat> I have some cherry head tortoises hatching, uh, which I still love. Every time that happens, it's like Christmas. And I did have an Egyptian tortoise pass an egg without digging a hole, and it, it was broken, and there were two yolks in it. So it was kind of a all in all, um, you know, a lot going on in my world. It's a big day. And tell, what does that mean to you? Because I mean, like, you're not, you're a breeder and you're doing it for, for the educational value and because of conservation. That's the fifth endangered species that you've hatched, turtle, turtle, tortoise species that you've hatched. Stalker. I can't believe I know. you know that. I'm a huge fan of yours because I've been, you know, keep track. There's certain, there's certain friends we have that like, 
you know, kind of, and kind of look at you as like a newbie in certain ways on the breeding side. But it's more, I think, just because you like try to gather information when you get to these pivotal moments when, when eggs are laid or things are hatching or whatever. Um, so you're just more open and you're, you're not very like boastful at all. And, um, yeah. So what does that mean to you, you know, knowing that your other work isn't that, that the, that the main focal point of your work isn't to breed a bunch of animals, but this has got to be like a nice added bonus, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great. I'm excited. The spotted turtle enclosure we designed is is terrible for people to watch them. You, you just can't see them. It's exactly how they would want it. They see us. Um, I'll go out there quietly and I can spot them pretty easy. But most people who visit, they just think it looks like, you know, plants and a swamp, which is perfect. But so it's nice to actually have some hatchlings and I'll keep them inside in a tub and grow them up and, and be able to kind of share that with people when they come and actually see them. I mean, they love, there's nothing cuter than baby turtles and tortoises. Um, I mean, maybe there are to some people, but, but that really helps when I say these adults are all uh, captive raised and bred and these have now produced here and here's two of the offspring. It's, it's, it's satisfying for me. It's also a great story. Um, and I'm sure I could easily find home for those. The more we produce, the, as you guys know, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, the more we produce of those the more you know get to stay hopefully in the wild yeah yeah right that's absolutely. the idea absolutely so we want to go to our first uh segment here our only segment really for the night um and we'll hit you uh with the mailbag minto's mailbag okay sorry uh, so first, before I actually ask any questions, I have a couple statements from uh, people in the chat. Uh, first is from Matthew Hills, who wanted to let you know you look great on video. Don't be so hard on yourself. All right. And Thanks, then, uh, sorry, and I love you. <laughs> and then we got your your buddy Greg. You know the one you don't want us to pick on. Uh, he says that he loves you, and that was before you stood up for him. So he's a good guy. You know, he's a good you know guy. He means it. Uh, and he's a really good guy, there. except for when he stayed his stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. He just keeps releasing those alligator snappers and finding him again. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Staged. Staged. <laughs> he keeps them in his trunk. Yep. No. Uh, and the last one, I'm going to mispronounce this, so I do apologize, but Sumiaqui, uh, Sumiaquai, uh, they're happy to see that there is a non-bearded man represented on the show and in the turtle community. So it's something that's been an ongoing thing here. <laughs> uh, so with that, we have a couple questions. Uh, so Derek asks, what is the turtle that started it all for you? <clears throat> I'd say the cherry had started it here for me, but uh, painted turtles, snapping turtles, all of them really, you know, okay. I'm, I'm so boring with those type of answers because it's, it's not just one, it, it's the whole adventure and the journey. And, you know, I drive to work, I look at all the, sliders and cooters which is such a weird word uh on the banks here basking and that's interesting i look at the florida soft shells crossing the road i i still look at everything i don't, I don't know yeah I, um there wasn't one that changed it all for me it's just part of you know all little chunks of it sure. gets back to your favorite one i think that changes it's yeah. like having a favorite kid which if you do don't answer <laughs> 
depends on the day. Same thing. So see, it changes. That's fair. Uh, also from Derek, what is your secret for such a healthy, full head of hair? I'd like to know also. <laughs> I don't know, but I do get a lot of comments on my hair. And, and if it's a bald person that mentions my hair, like you might need a haircut or your hair's a mess. Uh, I sweat a lot. It's always standing up. It's, you know, it's a mess. I always say you're not really qualified to discuss yeah. hair. So I guess it's jeans. I can thank my parents. I had clearly nothing to do with it. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I've never it's colored really it. I've never dyed it. I've never done anything to it except uh, and it, it's intimidated a lot of uh, barbers and hairdressers and stuff. I'm just like, it grows. Just cut it. Just cut it. Make it shorter before I leave. I don't care how we look. So yeah. okay. kind of. Kind of. Uh, then we have uh, Terry Martins or Martens. I apologize. Uh, they made a very nice donation just before on the chat. Uh, but what is the smallest turtle that you have? Like the smallest turtle species you keep? <clears throat> the smallest that I keep, it would probably be the Spangler Eye. Um, mm -hmm. I've had some really tiny ones of those. Um, yeah. So for people that for people that don't know, can you tell them what a Spangler Eye is? The black-breasted leaf turtle from basically vietnam they are uh a turtle but they're terrestrial they're like a tiny cool flat sh leap shaped aggressive they're, they're like yeah. the biggest personality in three to barely four inches maybe um et it's interesting with that species when people come and they're a little, you know, they'll watch me and they'll, they'll pay attention to me, but they're not that interested. But when a group of people come in, they just start walking on the glass because they know, okay, this is a crowd. This means worms. Um, this means we're on, you know, on display. Uh, they don't get worms unless people come, you know, I try and make it as the diet as varied as possible. So worms are kind of a treat when people come. Got the gas station thinks I fish a lot. So I'm like, yeah. not really. Okay. <laughs> so that's uh, the other thing that I have. I don't know if I work with them yet. Is the uh, mud turtles, the three stripe uh, from the Everglades, which I think is cool. Again, that's not really a conservation thing. That's just a really weird, beautiful, tiny, interesting project. It's like a blonde, blondish shell, right? The carapace. They're blonde. They're green. They're a lot more detail in their head. They're uh, okay. really tiny. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I guess they meant a little. Everyone says you need a sulcata, you need a Galapagos, you need an Aldabra. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. We have six rescue dogs. We like yard. We like a little space. Um, I couldn't imagine anything worse here. Um, I love seeing them. I love visiting them. I think they're magnificent, but I, I don't want to be around it on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. I totally get it. And I would argue that those are preservation or even, even well, definitely preservation um project because they're locale specific so if anything ever happens to the population actually knowing where something like the area which where something had originally come from is yeah that's can be a good thing yeah if you know if people keep records and and that sort of thing i didn't really start seeing those uh, represented until in the in the you know hobby anyway until Fairly recently, past a couple of years, right? Have you guys seen them for years and years? Well, they're not representing the like I've never seen one for sale ever. Okay, yeah, I, I've seen we a couple, have a, but I, they're definitely just quickly wild caught animals. Yeah, we have a friend here that long time 
turtle and reptile guy who kind of turned us on to him and has has been driving on alligator alley and seeing them cross you know that when you see them on the road crossing there they're you know they're they're not going to live um so and i do think it's legal you know take them home hatch a couple eggs return the parents um you know kind of interesting so not a not a real poaching you know selling fauna classified thing so yeah absolutely okay I'm not that guy. I don't, I don't, I don't, couldn't imagine doing that. I don't have any problem selling animals. I don't have any problem um, raising them and, and, uh, but certainly not gathering from the wild and certainly not trying to make a living, you know, off of selling captive. It's just not my thing. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone thought it was. I I think as Anthony said, you're extremely well-respected. I think the people that get to know you kind of behind the veil a little bit, uh, appreciate that even more because of how candid you can be, you know, and, and the fact that you're like that with the people, you know, and you trust and everyone else still like respects you so much. I think it's huge, you know, that you can let, you can let loose and still everyone just like fully respects you. I'm behaving right now. Just, yeah. I haven't sworn. <laughs> I haven't been too sarcastic. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's all good. This is the I show to be, be sarcastic. No, on. but I, I appreciate that because I'm, no. I'm definitely, you know, and I'm going to drag Ralph into that because Ralph's strong too. Mm. No, I'm not for everyone, for sure. And I have frustrated some people who thought they could maybe guide me down a way that I wasn't willing to go. You know, I don't, I don't want help making this a business. It's not, this is not a business. So, yeah. period. So, yeah, frustrating great. as that sounds. I have uh, a cherry head tortoise, which is really, really beautiful. And I'm excited to see her offspring because I'm excited about the process. I'm excited about growing her slow and normal and letting it kind of happen. And I don't feel any pressure to pump it up and, you know, hurry it along and make it go any faster than, than she's wanting. So I'm, I'm pretty clear with that. I'm not at this point in my life, I'm not willing to get into pressure and peer pressure and all that stuff. I only keep what I like. Um, you know, Anthony's tough on me sometimes like try this or what about that? And, you know, I, I stand my ground pretty much, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to peer pressure him into being a goof, a goofball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't, that wasn't my intention. So forget it. Forget it, pal. Sorry. I really apologize. Right. There you go. I'm back. Hi. Uh, so no more comments. Where's Dan? Where's Dan Bun? Dan Bun's not on there, but Matt Hill's trying to get me to ask. He's busy. Okay, Matt. I'm not asking. Okay, all right. Forget it, Matt. Not asking. All right. So that's the end. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Matthew Hills. Here we go. Ready? Let's see. Boxers or briefs? No, no. Charlie, what is your favorite cooter variety? Mm. Oh, nice. That's a lot. <laughs> pass, pass. Next. Next. Oh, uh, thank you, Nate. They're there. Okay, but yeah, that's it. That's the last question for the mailbag. Thank you so much All for right. participating. That's a good one. You don't really win anything. Sorry. <clears throat> cooter variety. <laughs> Oh, I can't! I can't touch that. 
Well, what, what's next, man? Right. What do you what do you not keep that you want to keep? You know, on a personal level, not for <clears throat> for people to see, really. But is there anything that you want to keep that you haven't had the opportunity to? The one thing that I would consider working with, which is controversial, I guess, is bog turtles. I don't know why. I think they're cool. I think they're interesting, but um, you know, I think they're complicated. I think there's a kind of a vibe about them not being captive bred. Um, mm-hmm. so for that reason, I would kind of just sit with it to the side. Uh, yeah. but no, I don't think, I don't think we need to grow or add on or do anything. You know, uh, I have a pretty good collection. I, I, I like what I have. So no, yeah. looking okay. for anything different. That's great. Awesome. I like, you know, I like when people say that, you know, it's like he's saying before the whole Pokemon mentality affect them all. When you get to a point, you're like, I, I like what I have going on right now. I don't need to push it further. I think that's a great point that for people to get to. You know, one thing I, I like is a lot of times when people realize something they worked with for a long time, they're like, you know, maybe I just want to try something else. I don't want to add to it because I don't want to take away from what I'm already doing with these animals. Uh, but maybe you move those animals on to somebody else. Like you said, you move stuff between you and Ralph when it just wasn't working for you. I mean, it's really amazing. Not many people have that mentality. I would encourage anyone. I mean, I'm, if someone to try something or work with something and they think they can do it well, do it. I, I don't. I try not to pass judgment. I have friends that like sulcatas. That's great. You know, they do it well. Um, I've learned the hard way. I've sent a lot of animals up to Anthony that maybe didn't do it as well as I thought here. Uh, the Flava Marginatas, I had a really cool group of those. And even though it's South Florida, even though it's, you know, 80 during the day and 60 at night in the winter, they went down and buried into the mulch and came up and in the spring they had some weird you know crud on their shells and i freaked out and was like no no these are going to a colder climate where they won't have this happen so yeah not afraid to to say i failed you know i've had i just try and listen to the animals and do what works here so yeah i I think i've been through a lot of species and i don't think i failed or passed i just evolved into what what works and uh kind of holding pattern but i would never say to anyone else don't do this or you know i mean if it's a stupid idea i want to keep a sulcata in my apartment or in my basement then no but um i don't think that's our point i think we should all try and embrace and educate and help out and support each other and not uh you know not get in the way of it yeah awesome okay cool i love that charlie was able to answer that question the original question in a perfect way about like, you know, I don't need to grow. I don't need, you know, like what everyone needs to hear, but at the same time, raise the eyebrow of federal wildlife officials at the same time. So good job, Charlie. Well, I'm not a rule breaker, you know? Uh, And I, you know, my permit is delayed because Florida's weird. You know, we have all these rules and non-rules and lots of gray area and if you call one agent you get one answer and then you might call another agent get another answer and they don't really talk but when you actually get someone it's very helpful but um i I do keep everything legal and uh respect the laws and understand although there's unintended consequences of some really work but um you know i listen to them so hopefully my permit will be back on on uh current because uh my application was delayed based on you know, you want to be able to bring animals and do things. And they wanted an itinerary. Um, well, with COVID, I didn't really have an itinerary. So anyway, worked it out at all. It's all good. But uh, 
you know, we just you just have to follow the rules and don't make stuff up. So. I know that you follow all the rules. Obviously, I was joking about the pod. That's all. Oh, the pod. It's, it's you, one of those things that even don't if, get the it, like. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's just it's so high profile. So like like when reptile master HK shows up on Instagram showing pictures of his uh, Kinesternon uh, vote vote I vote I. The, like species that was whatever whatever however you pronounce it that was that was um you know described in 2018 you know that and and is in mexico where there's no export like even if you bought that from a friend who like i i guess like you could i guess you could try to argue that you got it legally because it was like already in the country or but like you're buying an animal that was just smuggled. It's just like the the box turtles from from Mexico that are really popular right now that everybody wants to buy. Like, like okay, just know when you're showing, you know, when you're sharing a lot of photos of that stuff that it's going to raise somebody's eyebrow whether you want it to or not. And what message yeah. does that does that? Mean? You know, you're talking about the story. Like that's something to consider too. You know, but there, you know there are people in Florida that have them legally that that you know share photos and stuff like that but i'm sure that 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 raises an eyebrow too it's just it's such a high profile uh native you know u.s native that it's um it's just a tough one so i just felt like i had to comment on that not to say you no, did I appreciate that no i know i know i appreciate that but just for the listener, yeah it's interesting you know, I just want when when know. people when people come in as far as the perception of things They'll look at the Egyptian tortoises and they'll ask me, oh, you, you, they came from Egypt? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, oh, so you're raising them so you can go back to Egypt. Well, actually, no. So there, it's kind of a education and a real conversation about what, what the point is. And sometimes you're a little bit going in circles with it. But, um, but yeah, everything is legal and everything is, you know, the way it's supposed to be. Right. I, I always found that unless somebody actually has an interest in it, they're not going to understand it really like no matter how you try to describe like what you're doing for conservation whether it's that or preservation i just people don't grasp it unless it's something they're actually passionate about that's what i've always found so yeah yeah it's like reading your audience you know i can again get a vibe when people come in so all right so with that with that said i have one more question for you sure when is the first moorcroft conservative foundation gala conservative you know trump's right down the road so if you want to go visit him sweet sweet <clears throat> i was actually supposed to teach baron this is off topic but maybe 15 years ago maybe it wasn't that long i don't know when baron was tiny he was going to come for some riding lessons and it never really amounted into anything but uh yeah thought it was funny that you know anyway we live in a really weird town you know Palm Beach is not that far. Loxahatchee, which is like the Wild West, is not that far. Uh, you know, we're really sandwiched in between two different worlds. I don't think I know anything about Loxahat- Loxahatchee. It's called. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's just Wild West. It's uh, it's getting developed by the day, mm-hmm. but it's um, you know, farms and reptiles and All right. awesome. Just it's wild not very stuff polished. Yeah, it's not very okay. polished at all. Where you think Palm Beach is really, you know, quite polished. Yeah, I don't really know Florida at all. 
but just what I saw in Dexter, you know? I don't know. If you can never right. get out of Connecticut, you need to visit. Uh, yeah, no, eventually. You should be embarrassed for me. <laughs> no, I've, I've traveled a lot. I just saw, uh, I think I've spent like a week in Stewart, Florida, and that's really been it. And I don't that's know where bad. that is in relation to anything, so. It's like an hour, maybe a little more than an hour north of me. Gotcha. Decent. Yeah. I had a buddy there, went skateboarding. It was fun. But uh, Anthony, are you able to get your video back on? What are you thinking, bud? Can we see the pond? We, no, we don't want to do that. Okay. Pond is green. I think Sorry. when my video goes on, you. I think when my video goes on, you can't really hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're working that's right now. That's really close. That's a that's a that's a forehead shot. That's a five inch chair. That's because I was turning off the big camera. I thought it was off. Okay. Jeez. Guys are such sticklers. You you act like I pick on people on this show all the time, and now it's my turn to. You're the sweetest guy. You're you're going very easy on me. I'm aware of this. I love you. Sorry. This cord. I can't get any closer. No, you're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, so it's 8.15. Before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to say to anyone in the that's watching or that's going to be watching? Anything you want to last words of wisdom or how can they donate no, I'm to you boring. If, they, if they want to? There's a you're, website. You're anything but boring, Charlie. I think I'm boring. I'm just weird and boring. Anyway, uh, Instagram, Moorcroft Conservation. I'm on separately, Charlie Moorcroft. Facebook, there's a website, which I think is pretty cool. Moorcroftconservation.com. Um, org i believe anyway i don't think it's one of those weird ones where if you go to the wrong one an accident something bad happens not yet so i think you i think you can find it and navigate to the right one um but mostly i'm just having a good time with it you know it adds balance to kind of a hectic world and it's fun and it's great to have people come and talk and learn and um you know, even at the horse shows, people, we have different kind of conversations now um, yeah. with my friends and with family and with people, you know, acquaintances and frenemies, all that. So it's all it's all really positive, amazing stuff. And uh, it was a bit of a risk uh, to kind of expose that part and expose our house to people. But, you know, it's totally worth it. So I would love other people to to do it and share and, you know. I had a great time with Greg uh, doing the YouTube. I wish it was Anthony. Kenan came and he did a really, really good job. I was a little bit in my shell and uncomfortable and it was a little weird. And Fred came and he, of course, is such a great icebreaker. I love him. Um, And, you know, at at the end of it, a lot of people were aware of it and saw it. So, yeah, I think I think it's great. I'm I'm honored and, you know, totally proud to be part of this podcast. And uh, I hope it works out. I hope it's you know, interesting, but, um, no, it's all good. Awesome. Well, I don't have anything else, Charlie. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, your answers to everything candidly and, you know, you, you behaved yourself kind of wish you didn't a little bit, but I get why, you know, public figures. Today. Maybe I'll come back and, you know, yeah. Come on for, and, a, for uh, a, like a, a bros night. I'm not really that guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, oh, yeah. I love you. so the 
Anthony, I don't know if you have anything else. If not, then I have one more thing. No, no, you can go ahead. I just, I just said, Charlie, I love you. And I'm so happy you're here. Everyone, thanks for putting up with me not being on video, although that's probably for the best. Maybe, maybe we figured something out here that we need to make a theme that maybe Anthony has heard but not seen. That that could work. Definitely not the. Uh, I'm definitely not the uh, eye candy that we that we need on the show. So Kevin, you're you're looking very handsome today. I knew it oh, too, thanks. Kevin. You showed it. You sent us a picture, a selfie earlier, poolside oh, was... with your shirt off, and I'm like, Kevin's looking kind of good right now. Look at you. Did, did you think? Did you dad, say dad bod? Dad bod. You know? Yeah. It's uh. I'm in a constant state of sucking in these days, which is a lot of fun. You're um, looking good, man. <laughs> this is uh, working. This is working for me. Yeah, I can stay in the background. Steve, but maybe you and I could both be producers. And we could just let Kevin do his thing and he could have his shirt off. No, no, no. It's Chris. It's <laughs> definitely Chris, not me. I'm well, definitely guy. Chris, I'm just I'm stepping yeah, up because you have a face tonight. Yeah, well, oh, you could be like Dan in the background. Dan Bun finally shows up. Turtle heartthrob. Yeah. Oh, Why hello, Dan Bun. Yeah, Dan Bun, you're coming on the show. Better late than never. Months. Yeah. You better bring Dan it. Dan Bun, this is three hours past my bedtime. He's, okay. So Dan Bun's way more entertaining, way more fun. He he's everything I'm not. That guy kind of is. So there I you go, Dan Bun. I can't wait Buns. to go on his podcast as a guest. Uh, it doesn't exist yet, but it's a, that's uh, going to be fun. He does his little his little mini Instagram lives. You know, there's like little podcasts. I think. Oh, I don't. I don't on for like a minute and a half at a time, then I'm like, I gotta go. Actually, sorry, That's but I'm always interested at real quick. Uh, so the last much. thing I wanted to go over, guys, was the fact that our bonfire is still going for our 10 year anniversary shirts. Uh, I believe it's June 10th is our actual 10 year anniversary. Is that right? That's Steve? right. Yeah, June 10th. Uh, getting the the shake there. So awesome. June 10th. That's a couple days away. Uh, so we will Kev, drop a link the in the chat. Off. I'm gonna stand up. Anthony wants me to take my shirt off, and that's not happening. Yeah, so, all right. Ten, be a turtle hero. Uh, that's our slogan. We're sticking to it. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Also, tomorrow, either late tonight or tomorrow, we will be having our new tenure site dropping. So check it out. The www.theturtleroom.org. Uh, Steve's literally That's punching right. buttons right now to finish That's up right. final touches and we're getting going. Yeah, I actually, um, I just took all, took down the under construction page. And of course, as always, there's always something that never quite works as you expect it to once it goes live. So I have to figure out that minor detail because it was working fine on the sandbox, uh, in the development area. But, um, Hey, it's up, um, not all like brand new design. The biggest thing is modernization, both in the design and just the, the just the technology that's running everything. Um, we're going to continue uh, building out some of the sections you're familiar with. Um, you know, in the coming coming weeks, I'm going to be still making some updates to certain areas of the website, but uh, the project pages and the species profiles have been tweaked. Um, Beautiful brand new um, homepage and about page where you get all the information about the Turtle Room as well. Really stoked uh, about how it looks. Um, if you do find something that doesn't work, please uh, let me know and uh, we'll try to get them fixed. Awesome. Cool. Well, that with that, Charlie, plan. thank you so much for joining, man. 
I really, really appreciate it. I'm glad I got a chance to actually talk to you face to face. I'm sorry, Anthony wasn't be able to Likewise. show you his face. You know, it's okay. Uh, we've all seen him. Yeah, most we've days, seen you know, him. We've heard him. Plenty of Anthony. <laughs> Next. Uh, did you know that he can't dunk? He can't. Oh. That's not a dunk when you're taller than the hoop. I mean, Mythbusters. Mythbusters yeah. already busted that one, Kevin. And maybe he should lose the Crocs. Crocs and dunking. I don't think that's yeah. a thing. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for having me. I had a, I had a good time actually. Thanks um, for fighting thank through the. <laughs> thanks for fighting through the tech, Charlie. We appreciate yeah, listen, it. Sure. Yeah. For everybody watching, this took us like years to get Charlie on. <clears throat> Every time I was like, nope, not doing it. Nope, nope. Finally, he stepped up and it worked out well, man. This was great. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. So. All right, guys. So. Uh, have a great evening. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you <laughs> next month for our 79th show. Woo! Cool. I don't know oh what number okay, it falls on, but it looks like july 5th cool oh my gosh <clears throat> everyone's gonna be hung over nobody's gonna watch yeah i'm gonna be too hungover i'm not getting on it's a monday night everybody will be back to normal <laughs> have a good night everybody good night all bye. right bye guys Stay there.